Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on identity. Good morning, Cross family. It's great to be with you as we conclude our series that we've titled Identity. And I pray that you have really been ministered to and that God has used these last uh, seven plus weeks to really encourage you in your growth with Christ as well as uh, really stepping in to who you are, knowing who you are, being who you are in Christ. Uh, I think it's been such a liberating uh, series uh, that can lead us to freedom. Let me say this to you. Uh, as you saw earlier on uh, the video, that uh, baptism last Sunday was very powerful. Uh, we were able to baptize five uh, people that have surrendered to Christ. If you have not taken that first step, of obedience after surrendering and truly repenting and yielding to the Lord, contact us and allow us to be a part of uh, explaining and even maybe a part of that celebration uh, with you. That will be huge. Pastor Daniel over in India, uh, it, it is such a joy for our church, the Cross Loganville, to partner with so many uh, cool mission partners throughout the U.S. and internationally. And so our global missions is so important. But as you heard, Daniel has an incredible need in India. There's so much poverty, so much pain. And I ask you to pray about what is your role, how will you participate in coming alongside our brother, and let's uh, be a part of ministering uh, to some of the needs there in India. Next week, I'm going to start a series through the book of Ephesians. We've gone through uh, the Gospel of John earlier this year, but we have the ESV uh, Ephesians journals here at the church. I think we bought uh, just over 400. I would encourage you to grab one. Over the next months, we're going to dive in and really just uh, tear apart the book of Ephesians. Today's message will kind of be a springboard uh, to get us going into that series. Let's pray and let's make this just an incredible day of pressing into the Lord. Father, thank you Thank you that we get to worship you in spirit and in truth, and I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that the words of my mouth and even the meditations of my heart uh, here today would glorify you. I pray for each person listening. I pray in Jesus' name that our hearts would be open for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So we ask you to speak, and uh, Father, we say we're going to obey you and act on what you uh, show us today. So we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if I had to title our talk today, I would title it Warrior. And Exodus 15.3 is a very, very powerful passage, but it says this, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. When you study that and ponder it, the Lord, Yahweh, even the Jewish believer will not even use that word because it's such a sacred, holy word. But it actually means, or literally means, the great I am, the sovereign one, the one who has got all control. And it literally translates, Yahweh, I am, is a man of war. And warrior implies the one who will fight for the good of his people. It is the Lord's nature 
to wage war with those who rise up against his name and to wage war against those who rise up against his children. That's the reason when we study scripture, uh, we read that vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. And so the Lord is going to fight for you, and the Lord is going to be your defender. He's our uh, refuge and our, uh, our, our strong tower, and we run to him. The Lord is a warrior. And I personally believe that for every man, we want to live a life of strength. Every man wants to live a life of value. Every man wants to live a life that truly counts. Think about this. Man is made in the image of God, who is the great warrior. And like father, like son, God has called us to walk in his steps. God has given you a warrior heart because you were born into a world that is flooded with war. Your life is going to face opposition. And how much hardship will you endure? How long will you persevere? It is all determined by the warrior inside of you. And God has placed that warrior heart inside the believer. The heart of the warrior says, I will put myself in the foxhole with you. I will not let evil have its way. I've got to do something. There's a, a freedom to fight for, and I'm willing to engage in the battle. And I believe as believers... We must quit asking the question, why is life so hard? And we must embrace the call to fight, to rise up, and to stand firm in Jesus' name. I declare over you today that you are a warrior in Jesus' name. I am a warrior. And I will tell you, Christianity does not ask us to sit on the sidelines and just be pushovers. It calls us to engage in the battle and to be warriors. Our new identity in Christ is warrior. Now, as I said, we're going to dive in uh, to Ephesians starting uh, next week, but when you study and you ponder scripture, Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, again, it emphasizes identity. This is who you are in Christ. Ephesians 4 through 6 talks about how we're to walk and how we're to live now as a Christ follower. And I would encourage you, first three chapters, this is your identity. Last three chapters, this is the activity. This is the manner in which God wants you to walk. Ephesians chapter 4, as you get into the walking piece, verse 1 says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Verse 17, do not walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love, just as Christ loved you and gave himself up for us. Ephesians 5.15, be careful how you walk, not as an unwise man, but as a wise man. Walk in wisdom. And I'm telling you, it's such a strong, strong book as we dive into it. But walk is one of Paul's favorite metaphors when you study the epistle writings. Walk out your true identity in Christ. It's one day, and it's one step, and it's one moment at a time. Walk with Jesus 24-7. Allow uh, Christ to be the center of all that you're doing, and trust the Holy Spirit to lead you moment by moment, day by day, step by step. It's so powerful. So here's how we walk. We launch again into Ephesians next week, and it's going to be so powerful. But as you dive into, starting in verse uh, chapter 4, and get into 5, and get into 6, he's like, uh, as ministers, here's how you walk. As followers of Jesus, 
put on Christ. He, he lays all this stuff out. Here's how you walk. He addresses marriage in chapter 5. Here's how you walk out of marriage, husband and wife. Chapter 6 starts. Here's how you walk out being a child and honor your mom and dad. He talks to fathers. He talks to servants. He talks to leaders. He goes, here's how you walk it out. And then we get to chapter 6. And here's where I want to kind of pick it up and build today, starting in verse 10. He makes this uh, declaration. Finally, be strong. Be strong, which literally means get your strength in the Lord. Be strong. Get your strength in the Lord and in the power of his might. The power of his might means in his sovereign power, in his ruling authority. Make sure your strength is coming from God. Then he says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, stand firm. Again, chapters 4, 5, and 6, here's how you walk. And then we read, finally, 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 be strong, stand firm in the Lord. And Paul has a way of kind of repeating himself. Even if you go back to uh, Philippians 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And here he's saying, be strong, stand firm, be ready to fight. Let me share with you two thoughts here. I would tell you, for each and every one of us, we need to be consecrated which means totally yielded and committed to the Lord. When he says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, we must consecrate our hearts to the Lord every day. We need to be strengthened continually by God's power that he's made available to you based on your new identity and relationship with Christ. And so when he says be strong in the Lord, Trust the power of God, the presence, the person, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Consecrate, be committed, because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in you, now resides in me. The same power of warrior Jesus now is available to you and I. So press in to the power that God has made available. And then I would say this, be consecrated, but be equipped. Put on the full armor of God. And armor of God means the divine courage that God offers. He goes, why? So that you can stand and you can, you can deal with the schemes of the devil when they come your way. He says, walk with the Lord, but stand against the devil. You're going to face the devil. And he says, don't turn your back on, don't turn your back on the enemy when he comes at you. And the problem is, we've got too many people that walk with the devil and resist and stand against the Lord. And, 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 and reality is, we need to be firm in our faith. God's spirit inside of you is greater than the enemy outside of you. And if we had ever wrap our minds around that, that the Spirit of God that resides inside of me is stronger than any opposition I'll ever face. That's the reason we have to know who 
we are in Christ. So I would encourage you, continue to put on your spiritual protection. Put on the divine courage. God has provided for you. Stay grounded in your identity in Christ. You will experience, you will experience, Jesus says in this world, you're going to have all these troubles. You will experience satanic attacks. And these attacks are designed to destroy you and cause you to be ineffective as a follower of Christ. Be equipped. My buddy told me years ago, where there's no commitment, there's no equipment. And let me just say this while I'm in this space. I'm not going to break down the armor, but you'll hear me say that as a culture, oftentimes, we a la carte and we cut and paste scripture. I think the problem is for so many, they a la carte the parts of the armor that they want. And you'll see people really fired up about the helmet of salvation, but they're not girding their loins in truth. They're not putting on uh, the gospel of peace as they walk out into the world. There's all this drama and chaos and conflict constantly happening. People are not walking with a breastplate of righteousness on them. And it's almost like we gravitate only toward the pieces of armor uh, that, that, that really just make us look good, right? Or things that we're going to benefit from. And so I would encourage you, read through that Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. I want to give you four simple truths, if you will, about spiritual warfare today. Number one, if you're taking notes, I would say this. The war is invisible. The war is invisible. Our battle and our struggle is not against the visible. The enemy seeks to attack us every day. Now, I, I would, I would pa pause this, uh, pose this question to you. When was the last time you honestly considered that the struggle or relational conflict that you're going through right now was rooted in satanic opposition? Oftentimes, we get mad at people. And, and we, we want to attack people, and people attack us. But do you not realize that the battle is invisible? It's in the heavenlies. And you've got to ask the question. You've got to ask. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and, and 2 Corinthians says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, they're not of this world. So we're walking in the flesh. The cosmic war has, I'm telling you, lives are at stake every day, and we have to be careful how we're walking this thing out. The cosmic war is, is invisible. The war is real. We're walking right now in a real battle, and Satan is out to take you down every day. And I would tell you, it's happening in the heavenlies, and oftentimes we think it's only against flesh and blood, but it's not. And I would tell you, the war is invisible. Uh, as we contemplate even, again, the, these four truths about spiritual warfare, I would tell you the second thing, ponder this, the enemy that we're dealing with is real. The enemy is real. Satan's goal is to destroy God's people, and Satan's goal is to discredit the cause of Christ on this planet. When you go back and study, even who is Satan? Lucifer was an angel, 
And again, his job was to bring worship to God, but he wanted to become God, if you will. And pride hijacked this dude's narrative as an angel. He was the highest of all these created beings. And when you start to look at it, it's like, man, the battle is so real because we've got an enemy that's so real. When God kicked him out and a third of the angels fell with him, you go, man, my, my opponent, my opponent is not people. It's not different worldviews that people have. It's not places. It's not things. It is the, it's the it's Satan himself. And Satan will try to do everything he can to launch unbelief and deception and fear and false religions and persecutions and all this thing, all these different things to take you down a, a path that's going to lead to destruction. Satan and his demons have a plan to terrify your soul to make you worthless, if you will, to the cause of Christ, to make your life miserable and defeated. Peter would write this, and, and God had radically changed this guy's heart from a young fisher boy who denies Christ, and later, he's kind of an older dude, and he's sitting there, and he's walked it out for a while, but he makes this statement. He says, be of sober spirit. Keep your spirit in your heart and mind. Stay sober. Know what's going on. You're, he goes on to say, be alert. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And Satan wants to devour you. He wants to devour me. And if you study even the safari, lions, they just prowl around for one reason. They're looking for something easy that they can kill and eat. And we usually don't fall to the enemy when we're strong in the Lord. He's watching us. Satan is. He's watching us day and night, right? He's looking at the right time and the right way to come and try to take us out. And when we're alone and we get tired and we're traveling and it's late and maybe I've got some anger going on or I just feel unloved. Or, or something's happening, the enemy is trying to pounce on you at those times. You're more vulnerable. I mean, you, you, I've been out. I've traveled a lot over the years, but I'm telling you right now, just saying, turn the TV off. Uh, turn the iPad or whatever off because I'm telling you, I've had so many guys tell me stories that they would just be out, again, weak, tired, absent of fellowship, not plugged in, and something pops on the computer screen or something pops up on the television and, and there's no one else in the room and the devil has disguised himself at that time and he starts whispering in our ears, it's okay, nobody will ever know. And he convinces us, this is not going to hurt anybody. Just feed your flesh. I'm telling you, you've got an enemy that is real. So the war is invisible. The enemy is real. A third thing would be this. Beware of your enemy, but don't fear him. Beware, but don't fear him. Our responsibility is to be aware of Satan's methods, but not to be consumed by them. We need to be educated on what are the schemes of the enemy. The scripture is very, very clear about his, his agenda. Do not allow Satan to take you down. He says, do not allow Satan to take advantage of you, 2 Corinthians 2, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. And I've shared this with guys for years, and just listen to me. 
you can go all the way back to the early pages of Genesis. Satan's biggest traps are going to be sex, alcohol, and drugs to try to sedate, annihilate, and devastate your life. And if we're not careful, if we're not getting our needs met through Christ, we, we start to give in. I can tell you, we're not ignorant about the schemes of Satan. I mean, some of the other words, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the evil one, the tempter, the prince of the world, the accuser of the brethren. I can tell you, we know he desires to destroy and discredit God's people. We know that he desires to keep lost people in the dark. A person who has not come to faith in Christ, he wants to keep them in the dark. He wants to keep you living a defeated life. Now, I want you to think about this. Satan also attacks the church. And being around church culture now for about 35 years and walking with Jesus, you're like, he wants to attack the church in so many ways. How does he do it? He does it through false philosophies. Colossians 2 again, we quoted this a few weeks ago, but he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Satan is the master of coming up with false philosophies, if you will. Uh, people will buy into philosophical arguments that are in contradiction to the word. And I'm telling you, false doctrine. Uh, there's so much bad doctrine. Doctrine gives us direction. That's the reason it's so important to know truly what you believe. Uh, he says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, it is the last hour. And just as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. How? The false prophets, the false teachings, the false philosophies, the false doctrines. I can tell you, Satan will attack the church in a heartbeat. He loves to see chaos and division and confusion going on. And when you see people living a life of confusion, again, Paul would write, God is not a God of chaos. God is a God of peace. Now, God, uh, God is stronger and the spirit of God inside of you is stronger than the opposition. But I will tell you, Satan loves to attack the people of God. How does he do it? He will do it by directing governments. Right now, we're at a critical time, not only in the U.S., but globally. Watch how the enemy tries to uh, just pervert governments of getting away from what's best for the people. He does it by deceiving people all the time. He appears to be an angel of light, but he is so destructive. He will try to deceive you. We're told to test the spirits. See if that spirit is of God or not. And how does he do it? He does it through trying to persecute the saint, the person who belongs to God. And even Revelation would say they overcame him through the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, uh, despising their lives even to the point of death. They were not afraid to die. So I would tell you, he will persecute the saint. Uh, he will try, and, and Satan will try to destroy your life any way he can. Hebrews 2.14 says God's children are human beings. They're made of flesh and blood. But Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus became human, born just like us, so that, so that he could die and he could break the power of the devil who had the power of death. 
Jesus became like us. Jesus became flesh and blood. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Satan knows that we're vulnerable people. He will create discord. He will try to take you out by planting doubt in your mind. Oh, as soon as doubt starts to enter, it gives birth to fear and all these other things. And, and, and when people start to live in doubt, they're not living in freedom. They're not living in a victory. He will do it by trying to provoke anger. Again, which side are you on? Where, where are you landing? And again, as Ravi Zacharias said here uh, just months before he died, people are all about, are you, are you on the right or are you on the left? He said the real question is, are you up or are you down? Are you really plugging into the lordship of Christ or are you down? Are you just buying into the world system allowing Satan to take you out? He will use pride in so many different for, uh, forms, if you will. 1 Timothy 3, 6, even when it comes to dealing with those who are pastors and elders and shepherds or whatever, he says this, he says, an elder must not be a new Christian because he might become too prideful. And the devil will use that pride to make him fall. You go back and study church history. The Puritans would not allow a guy to become an elder until he was at least 40. Man, you've got to be seasoned for a while. And it was a protection to say, we don't want to see Satan take you out. But what we see even inside the church with God's people is Satan will use worry. He'll use discouragement. He'll use lying. He'll use fear. He'll use immorality. But I want you to know something. Satan's power is limited. He is a created being. And he is not omniscient. And he is not infinite. Know your enemy. Know your enemy, but don't fear him. James 4, 7 says, submit, surrender, rank under God, yield everything to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. Submit to God. God is greater. God is stronger. God is more powerful. Submit, and then resist. He'll flee. And I'm telling you, it's such a very, very strong uh, piece. Uh, I would also tell you, like a simple truth number four would be this. We fight, we fight from victory, not for victory. If we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us, we have the life of Christ. We're fighting from victory. We're not going out every day trying to win it. The, the victory has already been, been won in Jesus' name. So our position that we're coming from is we're fighting from victory. You belong to God. First John says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He goes on to say in chapter 5, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory, even our faith. And I would tell you, we've got to lean into it. I quoted Revelation 12. They overcame him. How? The blood of the lamb. Jesus' blood has cleansed us and declared us righteous. They overcame the enemy through the blood of the lamb. And because the word of their testimony was so strong, I'm not afraid to die for this. So the, the world in which we live, it really is a battleground. It's not just a playground. And, and I've written out 10 things, and I would encourage you to ponder these uh, in regards to allowing this to be the declaration of your heart. And I, I want you to read through these even as I, uh, as, as I speak them.
But I'm pondering these going, these are so crucial. I will declare to be equipped. I will declare that I'm going to be committed uh, to the Lord. I will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I will put on the full armor of God so that I will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I believe that Jesus Christ provides the only way for a relationship with God. One, I will practice a consistent, quiet time, intimate time with Jesus. I will practice this daily. I will consistently read and study and meditate on the Word of God, the Bible. I encourage you to make that declaration, too. When making choices, I will seek the Lord's guidance first. I believe the Bible is God's Word. I believe it provides direction and stability for my life. I will memorize one scripture verse each week. Scripture memory oh, is so important. And, and, and I encourage you, take notes from our sermons here. If you're listening to other solid Bible teachers, take notes and determine, man, how am I going to apply this into my life? But I would tell you, get into the Word. Allow it to be foundational for you. Uh, three, I will evaluate all cultural ideas, worldviews, whatever, by the truth of God's Word. Again, the word of God is my sifter. Whatever it comes my way, I'm going to pour it through the truth. Four, I am replacing impure and negative thoughts with the word of God. This is so crucial if you're going to live the life of a warrior and walk in victory. Five, I will choose to demonstrate honesty in my actions and in conversations. I'm gonna choose to do that. I'm a child of God, I'm walking in righteousness, right? It's so important. Six, when the Bible exposes an area of my life that needs to be changed, I will respond in obedience to the Lord. Man, I would drive that one in the ground. God, when you show me something and the Holy Spirit can, convicts me, Lord, I'm, I'm going to act on it. Seven, my relationship with Christ is motivated by love and not by duty or fear. Oh, the love of Christ compels me, motivates me. I'm not motivated by fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Oh, allow that to be the truth in your life. Eight, when God reveals his specific will in an area of my life, I will follow his leading. I have sold out. I'm under new ownership. God, you just tell me as soon as I see your truth, yes, I'm following your leading. Nine, my actions will demonstrate a desire to build God's kingdom and not my own. Oh, if you're going to live a warrior life and live the victorious life in Christ, you've got to be about building God's kingdom. It can't be about your little kingdom. And ten, I will trust Christ to help me through any problem or through any crisis that I may face. I will remain confident of God's love and God's provision during these difficult times. I can tell you right now, this is war. I would take those 10 statements there, comb through them, and allow that to be the declaration of your life. Now let me close you and wrap this up. As I was thinking through, again, just living the life of a warrior, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a man of war, and God has called us to be like him. I will tell you this. I believe if we're going to really walk it out and live it out every day, you must be clean. You must be sanctified to the Lord. Without exception, 
when you find someone that God is using in a powerful way, I can promise you they've dealt with the personal sin in their lives before a holy God. They've dealt with it thoroughly because God uses clean, broken vessels that are filled with his power. Be clean. Be sanctified. Two, keep your eyes open. Vision is the ability to see where God is at work in any situation and coming alongside saying, God, I want to work with you. It's about getting in on what God is doing in the world and being a part of it with where he's placed you, right? It's the whole uh, Henry Blackaby experience in God. Find out where God is working and join God in his work. So I would tell you, you've got to have your eyes open. Even the psalmist, I like it in the message, Psalm 105, but he says, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for his signs of his presence. Lord, where are you? Where, where are you working? What are you doing? Man, I, I, I want to be a warrior. I want to be a part of fighting the good fight. I want to be about standing firm in my faith. Three, have a grateful heart. An attitude of gratitude is so crucial. God uses grateful people. And doctors will tell you that gratitude is the healthiest of all emotions because of the physical benefits that it brings. Man, get you a thankful list today. Write down two, three, five, 20 things that you're thankful for. Learn to live with a grateful heart. God uses grateful people. You're not going to see God using bitter people and resentful people and people that are all mad at the world. So I, I would tell you, be clean. Be consecrated. Have your eyes open before the Lord. Four, be firm in your purpose. You were created for purpose. You were created for God's pleasure. You were created to become like Jesus Christ. You were created to live a life of service. So when it comes to your purpose, you're here to know, to worship, enjoy God, stay firm in your purpose, and then keep your mind fixed on Jesus. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stays fixed on me. And even Hebrews would say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God's purpose for your life is greater than the problems that you're going to encounter today. God's power inside of you is stronger than the opposition that you're going to face today. Stay fixed on Jesus. Stay focused on the call of God on your life. You are a warrior in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would walk in that victory today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we celebrate the goodness of who you are. Lord, again, thank you that our identity in, in Christ, yes, we're your child. We're your friend. We're joint heirs with everything that you've made available. Lord, we're to walk in those pro promises that you've given us. But Lord, thank you that you declare over every guy and gal who has repented, who has surrendered, you declare that we're warriors. Warriors. And Lord, this ain't a playground. This is a battleground, and I pray that we would consecrate, Lord, our hearts to you, totally yield and surrender and commit everything to you. And Lord, I pray for every person listening right now that they would desire to be fully equipped, 
Lord, that they would uh, gird themselves in truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. And Lord, Lord, that they would every day just put on that helmet of salvation and take the shield of faith and Lord, shod their feet with the gospel of peace and take the sword of the spirit. Lord, I pray that we would be wrapped up with the armor of God, that we would be able to go out and walk with God and stand against the enemy. Lord, we find ourselves living in a time right now where it looks like the enemy, uh, the enemy is wreaking havoc in so many people's lives. And I pray in Jesus' name for every one of my friends watching this today that they would be totally yielded and totally clothed in the armor of God. So, Father, as we continue to worship, we just want to say thank you in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we want to see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. And we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.